swing, swing, swing here. Oh, hammer that. Give me some of this over the triple <laughs> block. Yes. That guy's going to swing no matter where he is. Ace. It's over. Welcome to Over the Top, your all-access view inside BYU Men's Volleyball. By the way, this is Steve Vail live on the synth every stinking week. <laughs> every week. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside a man wearing a long sleeve compression shirt like Zach Eschenberg in the studio. Steve Vail! You know, they didn't have uh, compression sleeves when I played. <laughs> I mean, we rolled up to our matches like in a covered wagon. But I did wear a long sleeve <laughs> shirt underneath for the same reason because it did keep my shoulder warm. So I get it, Zach, and it works, brother. The poorer teams would roll up in a handcart. <laughs> Here's totally. the show lineup. We'll recap the sweep against Stanford last night. Preview tonight's matchup again. Steve's Wow Moments of the Week, 80s or 90s movie or TV show of the week. Hopefully you're keeping up at home on that one. Where are they now? Featuring Kevin Hambly, who's in the middle of the Stanford and BYU uh, rivalry this weekend. And we'll chat with middle blocker Gavin Julian and head coach Sean Olmstead. So let's get you updated with the last week of Cougar Volleyball. BYU played last week on Thursday and Friday, so this week is just about Stanford. And last night, BYU won in three, cruised to a comfortable win by 28. It was really fun, Steve, because there were fans in the stands, 500-ish. BYU had about 100 family members. There were Stanford and BYU family members, but also fans. And when they announced to the crowd, welcome back to the Smithfield House, I got real, like I stood up and cheered and pointed at everyone. I know, it I was awesome. I got really excited. And there was uh, Tyler Thompson, who's a big fan of uh, BYU Sports Nation. He tweeted, like, that made my night. And I was like, it made my night to have all of you here. Like, <laughs> it was awesome. really fun. Tons of juice. It was. No, and that's so fun to have the fans here. And I, when you stood up and did that, I was like, was I, am I supposed to stand up and do that? I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. I'm afraid to are do we, that. Are we doing this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was really fun. And it added to uh, the match. Unfortunately, B- there was no drama for uh, the fans to enjoy. It was just domination. Yeah. Uh, BYU hits 510, which is uh, got to be top 10, 15 in the rally era. It's not in the top five. That's all that's listed, so I can't tell you the exact number. But Zach Eschenberg leads the way. Eight kills. It's 286. Uh, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez with seven kills, two aces. Taylor Tufunga goes six for six off the bench in set three, by the way. I, I wonder if we'll see more of him tonight. Brandon Oberender, five for five in the middle. Um, got Davide Gardini, four kills, uh, three aces, three digs, four blocks. So it was just good overall. BYU was just really solid and, and dominated in this win. And they really did. And it was kind of fun to see Davide and Gabby kind of in a supporting role, right? I mean, their presence on the court is is enough for most teams to you know be looking at them and taking steps towards them. But I love the fact that the Taylor went off and Zach was the the kill leader of the night. That's so great. I think it's so awesome. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez is two more aces, so he's now 24 away from the all-time record. We've talked about it. He needs about two aces per match, assuming that BYU is going to play multiple MPSF tournament games. And if BYU makes the NCAA championship game, should the Cougars make the tournament, that would add a couple of games as well. So he does need to go on more runs. Right now he's not really getting the the four, five, six, seven, eight uh, serve ace matches that he had last year, but I think he'll break the record. It was truncated end of last year, truncated beginning of this year, so he's up against it a little bit, but if he's going to get that all-time record, we've got to kind of see that go now. I, I totally agree, and, and even like tonight, I have a feeling if BYU starts to dominate, he's going to get yanked pretty quick, so right. he's going to have to just go off early yes. and, and get at least two or maybe three before uh, before he gets pulled and, and rested. 
Let's talk about Stanford for a second. So they are cutting the men's volleyball program after this year. That's one of 11 sports that Stanford's cutting. They have 36 in all, so they'll be down to 25. They're the number one sports program athletic department in the country. They they win what's called the Learfield Sports Cup every year, which is like, who's the best overall? It's really disappointing that Stanford's cutting the program, and there's a chance that they don't cut it, but it sounds like it's really happening. They start a, a month late because of county and, and, and school restrictions. The best player on their team, All-American Jalen Jasper, at opposite opts out. And then and it's being cut after the season. There's just kind of this cloud around this program that's really depressing. And they have some good young talent, but they're not going to have the program. And they showed up and played well in the beginning of the sets. But this was uh, on cruise control, and it's just kind of a bummer to see this with Stanford because there's been some great matches over the years. Stanford has always been a powerhouse in, in the volleyball world. And it's seriously like I joke about not having a Kleenex in the room uh, to talk about <laughs> this. Cause, but it, the reality is it's a very sad thing for me. When I first heard the news, I was shocked. It was like having a relative die. I was like, what? No, this can't be. And, you know, there's there's a lot of support out there for them to hang on to it. And and I just hope that they make the right decision and, and do hang on to it because it's amazing. It's an amazing program and always has been. And this year has just been like you said, it's just been kind of kind of sad because it's just there's really nothing to fight for, you know. Yeah. And BYU will match up with Stanford tonight, perhaps the final meeting ever. Uh, we'll talk to Sean Olmstead about that. Is, is there anything in the works there? Of course, MPSF tournament could be uh, the the last meeting if they match up there. So we'll, we'll see. For BYU, nine and two now, four match win streak, twelve sets, one in a row. Steve, so things going really well for the Cougars since BYU lost to Grand Canyon in match three of four a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I remember talking about about that. I was actually almost glad that they lost so that they would get out of the spotlight and now that they are out man they're they're playing really really well 9 Eastern tonight match 2 against Stanford okay time now for where are they now a segment where we revisit Cougar legends of the past today we hear from 90s Cougar star Kevin Hambly hi I'm Kevin Hambly uh, Stanford volleyball coach formerly BYU Cougar my journey since I've left BYU uh, in 95 was I was a played professionally in France in Montpellier uh, and then I went on to started coaching, and I've been coaching ever since. UNLV, USA national team went to the Olympics in Athens, coached at Illinois. Um, all of those were an assistant coach. I was an assistant coach at Illinois for five years, head coach for eight years. And I've been at Stanford for the last four. Go Cougars. Love it. First team All-American his senior year at BYU, and now uh, the women's coach at Stanford. They won the Natty in 2019. Yeah, Kevin is just a stud. He's such a good dude. We got to know each other a little bit playing outdoor, and I just I wish I, he would come here and hang out. I'd love to hang out with that guy. Seriously. Okay, coming up, Steve's movie recommendation of the week. We'll chat with perhaps the most interesting man on the team, Gavin Julian, who has a unique background. As Over the Top continues on BYU Radio. Welcome back to Over the Top. I'm Jerem Jordan with The Steve Ale. Two and a half years ago, BYU signed a rising star on the USA Youth National Team, a kid from Milwaukee with few ties to the Cougars, but he's becoming a quality bench piece and likely a future starter. He is this week's Cougar Conversation redshirt freshman middle blocker, Gavin Julian. A lot of people don't know you. You played a little bit. You redshirted last year, but now you're in the mix this year. So uh, well, how'd you find out about BYU originally? How'd you get here? Jalen, the old assistant coach, found me probably watched me play somewhere um, and then through all that reached out 
um, started talking to him for a little bit. Um, and then when he left, talked to Micah, our assistant coach now. Um, but yeah, I just found out through playing uh, volleyball in high school and they reached out to me. What was that like when BYU reached out? Because the Cougars have typically been a top five program and here they, here they want you, man. It was, it was pretty crazy. It all really happened really fast for me. Um, around, I was like going into my junior year of high school. Um, we played in a club tournament in California. It's pretty big tournament. Um, and my club team, we won our age group. And it was like the first time I think some not California team won tournament in however many years. Um, and after that tournament, everything kind of like blew up for me. Um, I got reached out to by a lot of other schools and it was really overwhelming and it was awesome. Um, and it was crazy seeing BYU up there. Um, cause they were one of those schools that like when I was first getting into volleyball, I knew about cause whatever they were in, the, it was basically them in Ohio state. And I always seen them in like the championships in those years when I was first starting volleyball. So it was really crazy having them talk to me. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. Have you fought that perception, and is that a thing with you? And and it has been for, like, the MEVA and the EIVA, those conferences of, like, hey, we can play too. Like, it's not just California and, like, Hawaii that have good volleyball players, like yourself coming out of the Midwest. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, the Midwest is definitely a place where I think a lot of really good players do go, get overlooked. Um, uh probably just because a lot of the better schools, I mean, obviously Ohio State was really good for a while. Loyola was pretty good, but historically the best schools are out here in, or out here, but in California and West Coast and Hawaii, obviously. Um, and those coaches don't really get out to the Midwest very often um, to see those kind of, to see those guys play. Um, and yeah, I think when I first started doing USA Volleyball and getting that kind of stuff and just being more, around the volleyball world, it was different not having that kind of respect because um, California kids always, I guess, get that, even though um, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's just slightly, slightly different. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. T- tell us about your background, your heritage. Cause uh, you, like speaking another language is not uncommon at BYU for return missionaries, but you, you are a fluent Polish speaker. That's pretty cool. Tell us uh, about h- how you know Polish. Uh, yeah, my mom was uh, born and raised in Warsaw, Poland. Um, met my dad through a foreign exchange program in New York City when they were like 15. Um, and they had whatever, started talking, sent letters for however many years until they got married. Um, and yeah, I'm Polish and I'm Haitian. My dad uh, was born in New York, but my family from there is from Haiti. Uh, and it's just it's a really interesting dynamic kind of being from two really opposite, not opposite, but different um, cultures. Um, and it's awesome that uh, I get to kind of bring those two together and uh, have fun uh, with both sides. That's super cool, man. Have you been to Haiti or Poland? I've been to both. Yeah, I've been to Haiti once. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've been to Haiti once when I was 12, I believe. And uh, I used to go to Poland every year for almost two months up through middle school. Once I got to high school and started uh, volleyball a little more, uh, I haven't been back since, but uh, I used to go every year for about two months until eighth grade. Wow, that's that's amazing. I love that. I am super happy you're at BYU, dude, because oh. we need you. We need guys <laughs> like you, Gavin Julian. And and it's not just obviously your skills, it's your personality. And that plays into this whole team, man. Like, I love the different guys who, yes, they're members of the church. There are a lot of dudes that aren't members of the church, different countries, different 
it's it's a fun hodgepodge like what's it like on the court when you guys interact because there's a bunch of accents right in that huddle no i think it's awesome i love our team which i think it's like you said byu is known as being this really you know 99 percent white um school uh and i think it's good that we have probably one of the more diverse teams in the country um as well as our volleyball team and like specifically um and uh i think that makes us all better people and it's really fun to uh hang out and talk to those guys and yeah there's accents um but uh <laughs> we don't really struggle that much um i mean davide gabby mickey for sure Lee Bay, they're all great at english they all talk we all communicate really well um and it's uh it's just really fun being out there with those guys i think mickey speaks better english than i do honestly he probably does he speaks, <laughs> he speaks <laughs> crazy like he's he's incredible man um what, what's it been like this year to be able to play after redshirting last year and get in some matches and be in the mix to, to uh, have more playing time? It's awesome. I mean, I'm really grateful for every opportunity I get to play. Um, it's really fun being out there. Um, there's nothing more fun than competing and just you know doing what you think you do best. Um, I love it. I love being out there. Um, it's, 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 a, it's honestly a crazy environment, even without fans, and now that we're going to have fans in this coming match, but uh, even playing without fans is crazy. It's so, so much energy, even though uh, we have to create it ourselves. Let's get to know you off the court. Uh, what, what's your major? What do you want to do? Um, I'm a public health, health science major. Um, I'm not 100% sure what I want to do yet. I don't know if I want to go and play professional volleyball after college or do, but uh, I'd really like science. I like um, health. Uh, I'm thinking about trying to go to medical school, but I'm not exactly sure but I'm just kind of going through and taking every class as, as it goes. It's early, man. It's early. Um, and Hey, Poland has amazing volleyball. So yeah. if, if you're a pro and you get a chance to play in Poland, that'd be incredible. Right. Taylor and Brendan Sander are there from BYU right now. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They, they have an amazing volleyball out there. Okay. What do you like to do outside of volleyball in school? I really just probably hang out with my teammates. Um, just find time when I can to relax. Uh, I can't say I have any specific hobbies I'm super, super into. Um, and, you know, I just love spending time with people, getting to know more people, and, uh, you know, just having a good time when I can. Do you have the best hair on the team? I think I'd, I'd like to argue yes. I think I have the best <laughs> hair on the team. I, I believe so. Who, who comes in second, then? Who comes in second? Uh, I'd say Anthony. Anthony Sherfan. Um, I see he's fun, dude. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's like, he walks into the gym and he, he looks like a first team all American, (laughs) like physically, you know what I mean? He's a big guy. And then, uh, he's bouncing balls into the roof and he's, he's big. I'm excited to see him play a little more, man. It's going to be cool. Well, sweet. Uh, I'm super happy you're at BYU, man. When, when we signed you, I was like, this kid seems like he's awesome. Jalen Reyes was telling me about you for a few years and, uh, great to have you at BYU. Very excited to see you, uh, Sell off the court, on the court. We're going to have fun next couple of years, man. And uh, thanks for joining us on Over the Top. Thank you. That's Gavin Julian, Richard, freshman middle blocker. Had a kill last night, uh, two blocks. He's likely a starter when the season begins next year, Steve. He's a backup player right now. But uh, great to have him at BYU. There's a place for everybody. And uh, he's got a unique background. Dad's Haitian, mom's Polish, and uh, dad's an anesthesiologist. And so he's, he's been around. He has a lot of experience. Yeah, he's an explos- explosive player as well. Like, he's really fun to watch out there on the court. So I'm excited to see more of him. Okay, Steve says, wow a lot during matches. So naturally, it's time for... 
This is Steve's Moments of the Week. What do you have, Steve? So, first of all, I woke up to about four or five inches of snow this yeah, morning. Yeah, what the which heck? Was, which was like a huge, like, whoa, what Utah, the heck? March, it's like 70 degrees and sunny last Sunday. <laughs> right. Six days later, it's snowing. Come yeah, on. Yeah, very schizophrenic is the weather up here in Utah in the, in the spring. So, that, fans last night on the floor, or uh, in the building, which was yeah. so fun. I mean, man, that we were so due to have some people in there, other than janitors and coaches and whatnot. <laughs> so, super fun to have the fans uh, back in the stands. BYU's domination, man, how many sweeps is that? Not sweeps, but even just wins in a row. Awesome. Playing, Four. Playing so good. Uh, sad one is Stanford's cutting their program, it sounds like, uh, is, uh, as early as next year. And so that's really sad uh, for me. And I, I love John Costi. I love that. I mean, they're always a powerhouse. And so the fact that that might not be a thing anymore. And then tonight might just be the last meeting between the two teams, which is really, really sad. That was Steve's Moments of the Week. Way to end on a downer, man. As we go to break, here's today's trivia question. The Cougars have four sweeps in a row now. What's the BYU record for consecutive sweeps? The answer after this timeout. Today's trivia question, the Cougars have four sweeps in a row now. What's the BYU record for consecutive sweeps? The answer, 11 in 2016. In fact, that year, BYU had 17 total, which culminated in a run to the national championship match against Ohio State in Pennsylvania, the head coach of the Cougars that season. And since then, of course, is Sean Olmstead, who now joins us in our weekly Coach's Corner. Sean, that 2016 team was amazing. 11 sweeps in a row was incredible. Was there pressure to keep that streak going that year? No, I, I, I really, you know, in the moment, you don't think about that. You know, they were interviewing me last night, and I think they're the ones that, that you know, told me, hey, we're now at four sweeps in a row. But honestly, you really don't look at it that way because you're in the moment, you're in each set, and you're working to just improve your team and get your team better and better. And so those things are always fun to, to, to look at after and and, you know, you've got it on your record and it's kind of in your back pocket, but uh, you know, we're just trying to get better and better. And uh, I know it's coach speak, but that's the reality of it. I don't, I don't know anybody that's uh, from a coaching standpoint, that's kept track of the, this many sweeps or, you know, this many five set matches you're in that moment and you, you really don't recall much and, and don't look back on, the sweeps per se as much as okay where where are we as a team and you look at some of the national championship teams 99 had five in a row 01 had five in a row 04 didn't get to five it doesn't matter it's about winning right and hawaii in 2019 which was one of the greatest non-champions of all time they end up going 74 sets in a row which was unbelievable BYU contributed three that year um that that was a dominating team so that that was an interesting uh, season. I remember that that night, Sean. It was like, will will a young BYU team take a set from Hawaii? The answer was no. That team was pretty good, but a win's a win, right? Yeah, no, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I do, I do recall that one because that one was, uh, <laughs> you know, pubbed up a bunch, and that's what that's a ridiculous amount of number. <laughs> that that's a high number, almost twenty five in a row, just unbelievable. That's, that's the NCAA record. Wow. Okay, so you get the sweep yeah. last night. This this was one that maybe in the huddle it wasn't you know comfortable, but watching it it was it was comfortable. You went by twenty eight total, nine, ten, and nine. What went so well to be able to get a sweep in that kind of fashion? 
No, um, you know, I really like we, we put a, a, a real emphasis on uh, some of the decisions uh, Will's been making, and he's really uh, made good decisions where you could see our middles were a little more productive. We were setting them at uh, better moments and better opportunities, and then and then distributing the ball um, in, in some certain situations where we were trying, we were getting the middle, and other teams were just very aware of what Will was doing. They kind of keyed in on that, and we weren't able to get the production out of the middle, which kind of opened things up in other other areas. So you really saw that last night. Um, you saw our hitters uh, taking on a lot of one-on-one opportunities, and and even our middles. Yeah, you know, they were just attacking the ball a little differently. We've been working on that. It's been an emphasis for now for us uh, for a couple of weeks, and you know, we saw we saw the results, and our passing was pretty darn good uh last night too so that really contributed to it with you guys uh winning and just basically putting on cruise control last night are we going to see anything different tonight or basically the same lineup and then if it gets kind of uh out of control as it was last night maybe we'll start seeing some other guys get in again no we're, we're, and we're we know you love that guy. conversation sean <laughs> <laughs> no 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 hey I, i'm okay this is like uh i told you guys this is uh uh, well, maybe I should be careful with my use uh, of words here. You know, it's like, uh, uh, uh we're not going to say, uh, yeah, uh, no, we're going to see, we're going to see some other guys. Yeah. I think we're going to, I want to give some opportunities. I, I, I do like that. I don't want to get ahead of, we don't want to ever get ahead of ourselves. So right. we're going to see a lot of familiar faces, but, uh, I do think we're going to see a couple other guys. Yeah. Um, um, from the start. And so, that's been a discussion uh, that we've been talking about. We've talked about with a few of the guys as well, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Okay, that's called a tease in the biz. We look forward to seeing <laughs> yeah. who exactly yeah. that will be. Yeah. We have an idea, though, because a guy like Talon Tufunga went six for six. He went off. Uh, in the third yep. set, essentially. Brandon Oberender, who got the start for Felipe Jabrita Fejeda, five for five. He was good. Um, I, I don't know what it is. He was good. He was good. He was okay. Um, Davide Gardini, last year in the sweep at home, seven sets. Last night, eight sets. Um, he, I don't know what it is with sweeping in Stanford, but Davide is just kind of over there doing his thing. It, more of a blocker last night, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and he he did just that, and, and we're okay with that. And right. that's you know kind of the things we've been discussing, you know. Um, or, or we've got to be better as a team. And, uh, you know, in, in certain nights, you know, each of these guys play different roles. And so we've, we've seen Gabby, you know, you know, as usual, carry large loads. And then we've seen, we've seen a few matches this year when Gabby hasn't had a typical Gabby performance and other guys have stepped up. So uh, I, I was okay. You know, uh, you look at the stat sheet last night and you think, uh, you know, with the scores of the sets and, and kind of the overall performance, you think a guy like Davide is going to be hitting some ridiculous percentage, but he just, he played a really good role. You know, he passed again, he passed really, really well. Um, and blocking, you know, he was there defending. He made some crucial, he made some big time digs for us. He's been working on that and we've seen him, you know, getting that six, nine body diving left and right. And, uh, so fun to watch. Those are the, those are the things that we've seen him improve upon. And, uh, so I think there was a couple swings that he got a little too, uh, uh, a little too greedy on that he'd like to have back. And that would have technically changed his numbers, although we're not entirely focused on numbers, but 
Um, I think he did exactly what we'd want him to do in a performance uh, like last night. Yeah, well, it's almost like just having Davide and Gabby on the court, just their presence alone is enough. Just the fact that they're there as an option frees up these other guys that might get a chance to, to play, even though they're not starters per se. Those guys can still kind of go off on a night like last night because those other guys, just their presence on the court is enough to spook the, the other team, you know? Yeah, and we saw the other team, you know, we saw those guys doing that. We actually saw them doing that, you know, and so we said other ways, we said other guys, but they were taking steps towards Gabby, you know, on right. a pass. They're, they're both they're both kind of bailing, even though Gabby, we hadn't set him in a, in a, in a few plays. And so that that did that's exactly what happened. That opened things up. That's it awesome. Happened, uh, it allowed us to almost, you know, almost all of our swings out of uh, the back row the, from the middle, you know, the bit is what we call it. Uh, I think most of them were uh, uncontested for the most part, you right. know, because they were keying in on other guys and they were moving uh, towards the other pins. Zach Eschenberg leads the way with uh, eight kills. Did you like his new long sleeve compression shirt that made all the difference, apparently? Yeah, I mean, well, the, after you said that, I realized that the entire body was long sleeve. I mean, he had, <laughs> right? the, he had the he had the compression of the legs, and yeah, he's. Uh, that that kid, man, he's battled through uh, shoulder, just this a uh, really really tough shoulder. And that kid is in every day before practice doing his own set of things for a long time, and he stays every single day after practice and just has to do a ton of extra shoulder work. And and even in practice, it takes him a minute uh, to get going. So he's really battled, and and we appreciate him battling through it. But uh, so he's just trying out a few different things and they, they found a couple shirts that they wanted him to try out and see if, uh, that helped just kind of keep the shoulder warm. And, you know, a lot of those things, I don't know how much they really work. Other, you know, maybe it's a mindset, a placebo effect, but, uh, he's been doing it. He he's, he's just been kind of steady Eddie, you know, that's what Zach's been. And, um, a, a lot of matches, he starts out kind of, kind of slow and, but he, he, he seemed to uh, come around almost every single match and, and give us a lot of production. Well, we look forward to the match again tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. We appreciate time as always, Sean. And, uh, yeah, BYU-Stanford, perhaps the last time ever, maybe the MPSF tournament, but, uh, you know, li- little yeah. tears going to come out tonight. For real. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's tough to think about that, but hopefully uh, – Hopefully we get to play him tonight, and I would love to play him again. And and we are considering going out there on the road. That is still in the works. So, oh, cool! Uh, Didn't know that. Yeah, uh, John and I have been in constant communication. So if we can fit that in to get out on the road, especially with uh, a year like this where people are changing schedules and changing dates, I wouldn't be shocked if if we do get because I want to go play a match out there at Stanford. I really yeah. want to do that. You know, yeah. so. We'll see if we can make that happen. Oh, that's cool. One final time at Maples would be great. Okay, Sean, we appreciate it. We'll see you tonight. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sean. See you, bud. Okay, that's Sean Olmstead in our coach's corner. Uh, perhaps we'll see a mix-up in the lineup tonight, Steve. A bit of news there. Yeah, I know. That's kind of a teaser. I like that because that's that's the He's fun thing the about biz. it. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, and, you know, you see guys come out that don't you don't get to see very often, and then they go off, you know. Like uh, Talon last night, that, that's so fun to watch. Yeah, his first cousin Mason's on the other side. It's yeah. kind of a fun dynamic there. Okay, let's wrap things up with our 80s or 90s TV show or movie recommendation of the week by the one and only Steve Vale. 
just maybe a quick trivia. The two that I was thinking, they're we already both, did that question. They're both both Tom Cruise movies <laughs> okay. in the eighties. Okay. Two of my favorite movies, and they're not Top Gun. Neither mm, of them. How about anyway, you? those are the other two that I'm thinking of. But the one today was uh, the first PG-13 movie ever to hit studios was Red Dawn. And oh, Red Dawn! Just Look at simply, you. yeah, simply because it was you know basically World War Three, a lot yeah. of violence. Yeah. Uh, amazing movie, still stands up. I don't know if you've seen it lately, I but saw I saw the remake too. And Not as good. No, Chris no, 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 no. That one's no. The Patrick Swayze and yeah. Jennifer Grey and Char- uh, Charlie Sheen before he went crazy. Like super, super <laughs> awesome. That movie, like go see it if you haven't, and if you have seen it, see it again because man, I love that movie. Yeah, that's that's a eighties classic for sure. for sure. Okay, that'll do it for us. We'll be back every Saturday throughout the season. Saturdays two thirty Eastern here on BYU Radio on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. For Gavin Julian, Sean Olmstead, producer Liam Howard, and Steve Vale, I'm Jerem Jordan. You've just gone over the top. <laughs>